And we're back. And so we're going to be talking about Venom. More importantly, what critics versus the fans say about the movie. Uh, Guy, Knight Rider, did you guys see Venom yet? No, I by chance I have no money. <laughs> no, the line was just too long. It's uh, it's Friday night. I just came back from work. I didn't get a chance. Also, I couldn't convince my girlfriend to go out with me to go watch that movie. <laughs> she wanted something else, and I said no. I was busy that day. So uh, well, mine is in the reverse. I have the money, but I just don't have the time. There's other issues in my life that prohibit me from going to wait in line to see Venom, let alone the lines and having to wait for them. Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, me, myself, I'm just going to wait and watch it next week because I just want to avoid the weekend lines, the opening weekend lines. Um, I know it's going to be full, and I just don't want to deal with it. But a funny thing about this was that the critics really panned this movie really bad. Um, compared to the the viewers they actually liked it they actually liked it a lot the critics didn't what's your guys take on it i'm obviously not gonna go with the critics because i'm still gonna be a fan and i do want to see a first venom film ever it's almost felt like it was transformer a lot of people hate it a lot of people didn't like it critics didn't like it i'm still watching every transformer film that ever came out so with venom it's gonna it's probably gonna be the same way it's venom it's the first venom film ever you have to watch it now you don't have to, but if you want to, you should. Well, so, usually people do because of the appeal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. The anti-hero, I mean, the best anti-hero in comics, you not want to watch it? Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, Knight Rider, we got a couple of uh, critics saying about uh, Venom. Can you read a couple of them? I'll read uh, the first five, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Uh, this first one is from Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun-Times. And he says, mm-hmm. quote, A tone-deaf, uneven, and maddeningly dumb clunker that never settles on an identity all the way to the closing credits. And out of four points, he scores it a 1.5. But not so brave a guy. Take that back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. And who's the next person? Oh, let me see. Uh, David Edelstein from the New York Magazine slash Vulture. Uh, he says, quote, It's hard to mess up a car chase up and down the streets of San Francisco, and Flesher certainly doesn't. Though at these speeds, we should be gasping and laughing instead of just nodding our heads. Uh, There's no listing on his score, so I guess he's, you know, he doesn't like the action sequence, I guess. Yeah, downplay on it, yes. Yeah, pretty much. And who's the next person? Uh, This next one is from Kate Gardner from The Mary Sue. And she says, quote, Is it a comedy? Is it an action film? Venom makes no pretense of being anything more than a superhero film. Trading the thematic material present in most major superhero ventures for biting off people's heads. Okay. Why? Oh, man. I used to love you. <laughs> well, she has no score uh, okay, never mind. on it yeah. here. It, uh, how many was that? One, two, three. <laughs> uh, here's number four from Matthew Lacona, a local from the San Diego Reader. Ah, okay. All right. And he says, quote, The Venom symbiote requires a perfect match to bond with its host. Otherwise, the host is doomed. The Venom movie plays like a midnight horror that has invaded a superhero movie, and while there are some laughs to be had, it's far from a perfect match. And his score was a 0 out of 5. Yeah. Wow. And he's from San Diego? Yeah, he's from (laughs) San Diego. Oh, wow. Uh, And what's the last one? And the last one out of the many, you know, the fifth person out of many, uh, this is from Mara Reinstein from uh, US Weekly, or Us Weekly. Uh, (laughs) I get confused by that sometimes. But it's a very quick one. She says, quote, mostly bad. Bad with a splash and dash of fun. 
Wow. Is that don't sound bad then? I kind of like bad sometimes. Well, then I'll read you one extra one because I guess <laughs> no, only because it, it's it kind of has you know a different yeah, a differing yeah. opinion uh, okay, compared okay. uh, compared to the other ones previously. Okay. This is this this last one now is from Matthew Raza from Salon.com, and he says, "quote Certainly, I'm in a minority when it comes to my fellow critics, but I liked Venom. Hell, if it wasn't for the sloppy and formulaic script, I might have even loved it." And out of four points, he scored it a three out of four. Hey. Hmm. You know what? I, I like that guy. What's his name? Matthew Raza. Matthew Raza. What? Salon.com. Salon.com. Oh. See, hmm. if I like you, I remember everything you do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, this is my man from Salon.com. Right. So, one out of five critics liked it. Well, no, actually, one out of five tolerated it well enough to watch it. Yeah, that's because I'm seeing other ones. I won't name them, but we got some quotes, you know, like, you know, start and it's not different than uh, NBC's 1980s sitcom Alf. Uh, I love Alf. They could be Marvel's version of the Rocky Horror Picture Show or Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. <laughs> um, you know, we got a, uh, some people who gave it, a, it. <laughs> a 0. 0.5 out of 4. Uh, someone here gave it a 3.5 out of 4. Um,. It sounds like it's so bad that you must watch it because it might be good. Well, there's a, and there are a couple of people who heard just like half, 50-50. Um, there's nothing memorable in Venom. Somebody else said that. And All I got to say is Scarface was not popular until the debut on CBS <laughs> TV. <laughs> the Al Pacino one? Yes. Wow, yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense. And to finish off, you know, a, a really short one from Johnny Oleskinski. Uh, from the New York Post, uh, sorry if I mispronounced your last name, uh, Mr. Johnny. Uh, he says, "quote Venom, more like cyanide." Oh wow! Ooh. Ouch! Yeah. No, like. And it's from the New York Post. Yeah. Yes. Oh wow! No, like zero out of five, zero out of ten. What the? Yeah. Nah. I'm sorry, I have to lie again. Here's a, here's a good another a good one from the Rolling Stone. Rolling, Rolling Stone. Stone. Oh, oh right. yeah. Peter yeah. Travers yeah. from okay. the Rolling. Okay. Ro Peter Travers from the Rolling Stone. He says, "Quote: Even the great Tom Hardy is defeated by this tone deaf Marvel botch job, which delivers a puddle of simplistic, sanitized PG-13 drivel instead of the scary Dark Knight of the Soul Thunderbolt fans." had every right to expect and he gave it a one out of five wow eh. rolling stone yeah and uh, the new york post and the new york post Jeez, why you gotta put some credible stuff in there <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry the more you go down this list you know you're seeing some more credible what's it, next time magazine what are you, what are you gonna say no 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 don't listen to time you, no no if no, times no. says something about it and it's like equal to what the new york post i'm it's gonna be heartbreaking. So yeah, yeah. We'll just, watch it. we'll just leave it at you know. I'll yeah. stop right here where it it's, says it's, the Rolling Stone. It's just starting a little bit. So yeah, I'm still gonna watch it. It's Tom Hardy, my favorite villain from Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Bane. Yeah, we'd love him. Oh man. Yeah, but yeah, that's really. And Dunkirk. He was Dunkirk. He was. Yes. He, he was. A... His eyes play so much role. It's, yeah, and he they covered up in Venom. I know. Yeah, he was a pilot. Yeah, yeah. he was a pilot. I know his his, his eyes were so so telling in the whole entire movie. Yeah, yeah. But that was the reason why he that's that was the reason why Christopher Nolan gave him the role as Bane. Okay, let's let's check out what the audience, the non critics, the, the people going. Yeah, and let's, let's find see. out real quick what they want. All right. <laughs> 
hit me some good news. All right, we'll start with the list with uh, well, I'll go with seven. The tops, the first seven. Oh, great! All right, great. all right. This this first one I'll I'll show you. It doesn't have stars. Ryan O, but I'll, that doesn't count as a seven. Because all he says is uh, a plus. It says want to see it, and he says loved quote loved it. The critics are wrong about this film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the first official one from Edward. Er, uh, excuse me, Edward L. And he gave it five stars. Oh, and he wow. says, "Quote was a great fun and funny film, especially the dynamic between Eddie uh, Venom and Eddie." It's five out of five. I swear, five stars. Yes. Okay. Uh, I swear. There's a point in this film where I started to imagine seeing Peter and Eddie meeting at the Daily Bugle with J.K. Simmons returning as J. Jonah. There is so much potential here, and I cannot wait for the sequel. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. And then uh, let me see. That was the first guy. The second guy is Max R. He gave it four stars out of five, and he says beginning was slow, but good flick. Definitely is getting the short end of the stick with these ratings. Oh wow! Uh, well, you kind of see the disparity already, mm-hmm. critics and audience. Oh yes. Yeah. And this is the first seven, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the third person is Luke E. And, and he gave it five stars, and he says, "quote." This movie was great. The critics clearly want to hate this for some weird reason. Hmm. That, that, that is a good question. Yeah. Why does. would they hate it if the audience love it? Yeah. Hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's not like The Godfather where everybody loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Except for three. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just yeah, forget about yeah. three. Yeah. No, three was good. I just. Uh, person good. number four yeah. is called Private You. Um, he gave it five stars. He just said, loved it. Quote, sorry. Quote, loved it. Waiting for the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, one more, right? Let's see what the next one. Is, is there anybody actually, I'm giving a bad review from the audience side. Um, Try to find one. Try to yeah, find one. Just Try to find me. one. All right, then let's see. How hard is it to find a good review? Well, how did, oh, oh, okay. Okay, okay. Here's a good one. Uh, a one and a half star out of five. Okay. This is from a person called Everett M. And this is from Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. And he gave it a one and a half star out of five. And he says, quote, Sony thinks audiences are complete idiots. I think the execs must view the dailies and think, I don't understand. This is supposed to be the villain. He doesn't seem so bad. Make him as evil as possible. And, hmm, I don't know. It's not predictable and cliche enough. We don't want people to get too confused. At least the Eddie and Venom stuff was fun. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. And I'll give you another guy, Rob T. He also gave it one and a half stars. It's pretty lengthy as well. Okay. And he says, quote, Not much to see here. Tom Hardy again mumbling through his dialogue. Some pretty unoriginal CGI fight scenes and literally zero storyline. Not once did any character ever state that they wanted or needed or what the main reason for the film was. No theme, no message, no plot. Just a guy goes on the run after being taken over by some silly putty and the guy who wants it back. Not even the few good one-liners are enough to save this story. No matter, audiences will scoop it up because most of us have been dumbed down to what makes a good movie. Wow, that's harsh. Oh, man. Yeah. But he does bring up a good point. Uh, credibility in Hollywood talent when it comes to writing and producing these movies. I mean, they're starting to lo- lose it. Well, I'm, it's it's fine line between starting something and finishing it you know, all at once. So, well, I mean, Venom is just a start, right? It's not really yeah. the finite, the last mm-hmm. one. 
And I, I guess I'll finish the bad of the bunch with this person, Rob S. He, he doesn't have stars. He just has like a sla circle and slash thing. Forward slash? No, no, no. That. Oh, okay. You know, like the gold special thing. But he says, not interested. And he simply says, quote, no Spider-Man, no Venom, period. Huh. Yeah. Not interested. But that kind of ruined the surprise. I'm expecting a Spider-Man in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of ruined that for me, so. Yeah, yeah. I guess there were people were hoping that, well, is, you know, Spider-Man going to make a cameo and do something about Venom or what? Or Mr. Simmons from the Daily Bugle. Yeah. 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 But, so... It, so it brings up a good topic um why are people the well pretty much it's like this why the critics are so harsh on this movie and yet the fans actually enjoyed it like where does this fine line ends and begins it was a classic example of elitist versus people just want to have fun <laughs> i mean i think it is because with all these critics, it just seems like they're all doing the same thing. The job of the critic is to, uh, you critique. know, critique. Yeah. But yeah. they have the uh, um, advantage of, you know, seeing it in advance. And they have, you know, they could actually critical think and piece it down somehow in their head. And see, like, oh, well, you know, this is, is this yes, a good story? You know, what about the effects? Is it is it believable enough? Are the characters believable? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at the same time, it's their job versus, for us, is our leisure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we go there and we plan to enjoy it. We're not gonna go there. I'm gonna watch this movie. I know it's gonna suck. Like who does that really? Unless you got punished by the English patient. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no side note. Which I was, was a great by critics, by the way. But it was not great for me. Yeah, and to but, think it won Best Picture. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, long film. But yeah. Uh, anywho. Yeah. So and, and another good thing too is okay. I'm gonna just say this right now. All three of us here, we're not critics. We don't do that as our outside job, outside of this. You know, we all have three different professions outside of this. So when we want to go see a movie, we won't see it through the eyes of a critic. We actually see it as an eyes of us. Moviegoer. The moviegoer. The average Joe. The average Jane and Joe. But to be honest, we, we, we also like the critics, what talks bad, you know, about certain things we don't like, mainly because we're fanboys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, Venom, you know, he's left-handed or he's right-handed. I don't know. Those, those, <laughs> those classic mistakes. You know, like in Street Fighter, so the guy's eye patch was in the wrong eye. I'm still mad to this day. So, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's those kinds of things we will critique on. Not so much as, hey, the setting's bad, the storyline is off-whack, or or like, oh, Tom Hardy, he just mumbles. Like one guy says. But that's his, his shtick, I think. The mumbling. It's his, I mean, have you seen all his movies? It's it it, it fits well. He like in was it um, the one with the Ultimate Fighter one, the Fighter, right? Undisputed. Undisputed. Yeah. I mean, I felt that he was going through some trauma and losing all a friend in war, and he became close out to his family. That was good acting, but he mumbles to it, and you don't even show it or actually say it until that one scene where he actually goes to his alcoholic father, and hugs him. Right. It says a lot. Same thing in Dunkirk. He mum. Well, you can't even see his mouth talk. His eyes was moving, and then his, his eyes head. did all the work. Yeah, his eyes, and he he did talk a little, mm-hmm. but he was kind of mumbling still. Right, right. And it's, yeah, yeah. But what, what's what's up? Oh no! Um, if I wanted to talk about this real quick, well, it's in Spanish. Well, I mean, it's in Spanish, but it actually has a good detail of what's going on. Well, we, Someone actually took the time. A, a moviegoer actually took the time to kind of do his own analysis on it. 
In Spanish. Well, yeah, in Spanish. Will you read in Spanish and translate for us? <laughs> what do I? So do I just say say what he says in Spanish? Or you just translate? Or just translate? I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll speak and and have it translated. So he gave it a well. It's, uh, this person is called uh, Belmar M, and he gave it a two stars out of five. Okay. I was actually going to go for the one who said oh, three and a half. I'll go to the th- three and a half. That's kind of like the midpoint. Okay. So. This person wrote in Spanish, and I'll translate in English, quote, The first hour was boring. No pasa nada. Nothing's happening. Uh, the, the story, la historia, is absurd. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the parentheses, it says, La cosas pasan porque si y ya. Things just happen like that, and that's it. And the, the special effects are cheap. And the comedy is like the Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey's uh, The Mask. Really? That's that, what he said. That don't sound la so comedia bad. es tipo Jim Carrey con la máscara. The comedy is, you know, the type like Jim Carrey from The Mask. It doesn't sound that bad. Mm-hmm. Well, to me. Yeah. And the relation between Hardy and Venom is like, uh, <laughs> oh wow, uh, Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket, or or uh, Death Note with uh, Light and Ryuk. Wow. I, to be honest, the Death Note reference. <laughs> I, it just dawned on me. It's like an epiphany. Death Note is a rip-off of Venom. <laughs> uh, I'll try to skip the bad words here, but he says, you know, what the hell with Venom? Um, he, is he good because he saw a little doggy, a pretty doggy in the street, and he loves the earth? <laughs> you know, what the hell with a villain uh, who's only bad because he hates humanity because... Um, you popotes, I guess probably the, he's talking about the execs or something. You know what the hell with Michelle Williams because she's un uh, she's unfaithful. Um, is Venom uh, knows how to use tomographos. I don't know if he spelled something correctly or incorrectly. And uh, shoots off rockets and he drives good even though she's a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just reading what this person saying. Hardy is Hardy was very bad. And I even laughed when uh, uh, he tries to be serious. Like, like, you know, he's doing a serious, like, you know, the monologue or whatever. Mm-hmm. This, this person was just laughing at it. Wow, okay. Mm. So, uh, so some audience are critics. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I'll, a, and I'll finish. Yeah, we'll yeah. keep going. Some audience are critics and not all critics are audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy took the time to do it. It's, it seems like it was more one way or the other. I mean, it's like you could be... As an audience, you could be a critic. But as a critic, if you sway a little bit, your I guess your your credits or your your credential get attacked. If one person leans this way and he's that the critic, and you, you you go against him, it seems like your career is ruined. I mean, it was it seems like it so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and I guess I'll consider this guy Victor J. Uh, he gave it a three and a half. We'll consider that a midpoint. Although it looks like he's inclining toward yes. So he says, "quote." Is it some cinematic masterpiece? No. Is it outright bad? No. Is it a... Oh, it, it shut off. Okay. That's well, he's just saying no, but is it, you know, a thrill to enjoy? Then yes. Okay. Essentially. Okay. So it's not that bad. Then. So as the midpoint, he's more inclined towards saying, you know, it's not a great masterpiece, but don't be afraid to, 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 to watch it because it could be enjoyable to you. So, yeah. Right. So in other words, if you want, if you want to escape, at least fall for it and f- escape with it, rather than try to go step by step and like, oh, this that, that's not plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, there's a like, storyline. It's missing a storyline. Like, maybe the storyline is just you have to go along with it. Okay. Mm. Enjoy uh, the ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, does the world need Jay Sherman now than never? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And another thing we're going to be talking about is Anthony Bourdain's last book. Um, Guy, you ordered the book, right? Supposedly, yes. I use your house as the address, so it's just enough. <laughs> <laughs> of course I ordered the book. I love Anthony Bourdain. Who, who does in this room? Get out if you... Okay, good. Nobody nobody left the room. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. I ordered the book. Okay, so tell us a little bit about this book. Like, What's the name of it and what's it about? It's called The Hungry Ghost, and supposedly there's five hidden recipes in it. I haven't got to the f- five recipes yet. I'm st- Currently, I'm halfway through the book, and... It's it, the premise is a bunch of cooks, you know, makes sense because it's Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. His um his early um, was it the Kitchen Confidential books were real good. Oh yeah, they were really good. So it's mm-hmm. it starts out. I'm not gonna spoil every story. It starts out with a group of chefs being you know catered this this rich Russian I guess noble or aristocrat, and then the Russian guy pretty much asked the chefs to join them, and ask them to play this little game, and 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 this is much the premise. And each person has to tell a story. And a scary story and then look into the mirror to see if they were possessed by that same demon that he just told it, it, it came from this um, samurai um, like tradition of telling ghost stories mm-hmm. but you know samurais will light a hundred candles and then they will pretty much if the story gets done they blow one candle out and they look into the mirror to see if they were possessed by the same demon um, you know they just told and as it progresses the story gets more um, like horror more horrendous so it's very, even though it's a uh, anti Bourdain, it's more of the classical of you know Asian t- you know, style of, of ghost stories and ghouls. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's called the hungry ghost, which is the Asian concept of, of a ghost that's been, uh, I guess, one of the dying of a hunger. So they you know pretty much roam the wor- world just being hungry. So mm-hmm. each story has a theme like that. Mm. And right now I'm I'm only on to six books, I mean well six stories, and it is, I'm surprised it's. For uh, I mean, Anthony Bourdain telling a story through the eyes of a, a Japanese, uh, I guess, writer. I mean, it's very good so far. Oh, okay, that's good. And what about the art? How's the art in the book? <clears throat> the art, kind of like early Sandman is, where every character is not so much, you know, like an angel or a Greek god or the you know, physique is all toned up. Mm-hmm. It's more like there's, you know, there's a bit of ugliness in everything. Right. These characters are not that pretty. They're kind of a bit shady kind of like good ghoulish normal I mean there's they're not normal people but they're not say the the movie star type people either like right, in comic right. books so they're kind of more so it's so it's, pretty- it's perfectly done where each character has his own distinct look but same time it's not where it's like it's a typical superhero guy or say you know all buffed out alright so pretty much it's like they, the art and the characters and stuff like that more humanized more realistic yeah, more, like, more you can relate to them yeah. Okay. There's no, they all got flaws, man. You see those flaws. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you love horse, don't read this book. <laughs> that's, that's all I gotta say. If you love horse, do not read this book. <laughs> I love horses. There's that one part in that one book I cannot look at a horse again. It's ironic because I had ribs that day. I couldn't eat ribs. <laughs> and we, we should tell that story later. It's it's. <laughs> A friend of mine gave me ribs for the dinner that day, and I struggle eating it because I keep thinking of the horse. <laughs> Not upset. <laughs> but, so I ate the chicken instead, and the chicken was delicious. 
so so far uh, good ribs though good ribs so so far um how would you rate this book well i'm halfway done so it's gonna get scarier and scarier and the more towards you progress towards the book it seems like it's more say like uh those classical japanese um ghoulish stories mm -hmm. i don't know if you ever seen those ukios those wall paintings of ghouls and stuff yeah, yeah the story towards be progressed like that and i got to the point where it's halfway towards it's like okay i can see where it's gonna be more and more like ghoulish a, not ghoulish more like at the end like a twist ending mm -hmm. kind of like this this is one the hungry ghost one i think it's in, in the middle is kind of lame mm -hmm. it just being a person who doesn't want to feed a starving person at the end being chased by that starving person who turns out to be a hunger ghost and pretty much gets eaten by that ghost but that's just that, that's how um, light it is compared to then this is the horse thing where I couldn't couldn't see it no more where a man just gets haunted by the demons he creates so ah okay very Japanese even though it was Anthony Bourdain oh okay mm -hmm. and since we're on the topic of Anthony Bourdain um have you read his other graphic novel no no not really have you <laughs> yeah uh get your get your i have it i have not read it i just bought it because it has anthony bourdain's name on it, <laughs> <laughs> it, to be honest, it, it, it at least i'm savoring it uh, if i it's now I have something to look for in the future because we have no more like stuff from him no more really yeah that's true yeah yeah okay so for short would you recommend hungry ghosts for people to read not if you're a horse lover but yes <laughs> so who would you recommend this to uh, chefs, really. Uh, anybody who actually worked in the cooking industry would understand the the stuff you guys do as a chef. It's it's kind of gritty, and it's from a chef's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the title's called "Hungry Ghosts," so chef's job is to feed people. Mm -hmm. And it's it's pretty much the paradox within either you feed rich people or you let poor people starve. I mean, that kind of stuff. It, it questions morality pretty much. Oh, okay. And the 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 one thing that really like entwines people is when the the storyteller itself you know after you finish telling the story has to blow a candle and look into a mirror and sometimes the mirror reflects I mean the storyteller doesn't see it but we see it as the audience mm -hmm. they actually get possessed by that ghost not all of them get possessed but some of them do and you have to you have to guess which one is telling like a actual ghoulish story or which one is actually I guess in a way that their story is part of them versus their story is not really part of them Mm. So it's, it's it's one of those little tidbits you gotta look for. Hmm. Okay. okay. I haven't found the five recipes yet. Mm. Okay. All right. It's, it's, yeah. it's not with horse. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what about uh, fans of horror? Fan, fans of the macabre? Would you recommend them this book? It's too light for them. It's it's gruesome, but it's not so macabre. It's more of a inflection mm. about morality and how we deal with society as you know working class. And are we just so concentrated with our own work rather than, you know, helping other people? Oh, okay. That's why it's the hungry ghosts. It's... Okay. Okay. All right, then. All right. So there we go. Um, critics and people bashing heads together with Venom and also a take on Anthony Bourdain's last book. So we're going to take a break and then we'll be right back.